0: Last week we made our way into Genesis chapter 6, the first of four chapters in the book of Genesis that talk about Noah and the flood, and we talked about God's judgment. And I mentioned that judgment is a theme that runs throughout the Bible, and that uh, in spite of popular opinion, this is not a bad thing, we need evil to be judged, especially Uh, when we realize that God not only responds to evil with judgment, he also responds to evil with grief and grace. So, uh, today we're going to continue with our study of uh, the flood. We're in Genesis chapter 7. I'm going to actually back up and begin with Genesis 6, 18. God is speaking to Noah and he says... But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives, with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and stored away as food for you and for them." Noah did everything just as God commanded him. So the flood story carries a whole lot of uh, parallels, sort of literary parallels, with the creation story uh, that we looked at in Genesis chapter 1. is uh, told to bring all living creatures into the ark, both male and female, uh, and then it's specified in sort of the same kind of breakout that we get in Genesis chapter 1, birds, animals, creatures that move along the ground. Uh, Noah is also to take every kind of food uh, that is into the ark. And, and this, this, again, it sounds like God's sort of directives to Adam back in Genesis 1 and 2 when he tells Adam you, know, you can eat from uh, any, of the, any of the food, uh, any of the trees of the garden, of course, except for the one. In fact, um, you might even say that Noah is fulfilling the same kind of uh, commission that God gave to humans in Genesis chapter 1. He's just going to fulfill it. Noah is just going to fulfill it in a much smaller and tighter space. So all of this sort of overlap in vocabulary is not a mistake. We're going to see a lot of repetition in the the flood account, these four chapters. We just keep getting it over and over, um, some of these things that are happening. And, And really what we see is a pattern uh, that is sort of a de-creation, D-E, creation, before we get a re-creation. So things are going to get worse before they get better. Things are going to sort of go back to the watery, formless and void state that we saw in Genesis chapter 1. So... We've already encountered some of these ideas of the bad before the good, of death before life. We've seen this. Uh, we saw this with the, the 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 sacrifices early in Genesis for because of the sins of Adam and Eve. We saw this with Cain killing Abel. We saw this that they both understood that they were going to have to offer sacrifices to God. Um, we we sort of see this idea, and we're going to see it not in this study, but we see it later in the Gospel of John. Uh, when Jesus will talk about how his seed grows. Peter will actually mention Noah and the ark, uh, which he sees as a precursor to baptism. And this whole idea that there has to be death, baptism is you you are identifying with Jesus in his death. You go under the water, dying uh, as Jesus dies, and then you come up out of the water Uh, resurrection, identifying with Jesus in that act as well. And so we see some of this decreation, recreation. We're going to see this theme developing throughout uh, Genesis chapters 6, 7, 8, and 9, the four chapters devoted to Noah and the flood. Obviously, we want to identify with Jesus in his death and resurrection. I hope you have. Have a good day.